My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. With your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Praise you, Lord. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. And Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Every year on the Monday of the fifth week of Lent, the church gives us one of the longest first readings from the Old Testament, from the book of Daniel. We heard about this woman, Susanna, who's set up by these two older men who have these malicious and scandalous intent on taking advantage of her sexually or to frame her if she refuses to go along. And Daniel is stirred up by the Holy Spirit to recognize the evil that's in the hearts of these men. He's able to identify how she was set up by these two and proves their evil intent and thus innocent blood was spared that day. These two end up suffering the exact punishment they tried to inflict on her as they end up dead for their crimes. And just hearing it thousands of years later, there's something incredibly fulfilling about the whole story, this incredibly unfair, unjust situation perpetrated by these evil hypocrites by these powerful men who seem to have the upper hand. A hero swoops in that saves the day. All that could have made it perfect would have been if both David and, uh, Daniel and Susanna had been unmarried and rode off in the sunset together. It's like a Hallmark movie. Well, except with the brutal capital punishment on the two that, that were trying to trap Susanna. I don't know if that would have made the Hallmark cut, but I digress. The point is, for the majority of us, our sense of justice Our definition of what's right is satisfied in this story from the Old Testament. Innocent blood is not shed. Evil blood is shed. The two got what was coming to them. Yet that reading coupled with this gospel in this time of of Passion Tide, these last two weeks of Lent where the passion, the cross of Jesus, becomes more front and center in our thoughts and our reflection as the church we journey closer to Holy Week, kind of undermines that thinking. It's meant to jolt us out of human satisfaction. Because what the passion, 
the cross of Jesus demonstrates is that human justice is no longer enough. It was and has been insufficient to God. It was acceptable with the broken order of a broken, sinful world, but that's all about to be upended by Jesus. Because in the gospel, it's easy for us to assume that the reason that these two readings are coupled together is saying, oh yeah, here's another woman who's about to die at the hands of these bloodthirsty men. And in this version, like Daniel, Jesus comes to the woman's defense. But there's a significant difference. The woman in the gospel is actually guilty of what she's being accused of. Yes, some like to interpret or interrupt at this point and say, well, where's the man she committed adultery with? Shouldn't he be held responsible too? Which is a good point. And capital punishment for adultery would make our, our modern ears wildly and incredibly uncomfortable for good reason. Both of which are good things and for a worthwhile discussion at another time in another place. Because let's stay focused here. Unlike Susanna, the woman in the gospel caught in adultery is not innocent. Human justice at this time and place in history demanded the guilty deserved punishment, deserved death. Now Jesus does not excuse what wrong this woman's done, and that's also another point to underline. Lest people misuse this whole gospel as Jesus just giving us free license to do, given to whatever human desire we want and succumb to any temptation and not feel any guilt about it. That's not what happens. Jesus calls that sin out and tells the woman clearly, go and do not sin anymore. So yes, Jesus is a fan of justice, but he's also a really big fan of not sinning. He talks about that quite a lot, actually. So, But even more, <laughs> Jesus is about mercy. Jesus is about saving humanity. Jesus is about saving all sinners. So had Jesus been on that scene of Daniel and Susanna, he would have been very similar in coming to this woman's defense, calling out the evil intent on, on behalf of these two men who have these lustful, lying hypocrites. But the important difference, he would have also wanted to save them as well. He would not have gone along with that human desire for immediate justice. Because the uncomfortable reality for us is that Jesus loves those two sexually deviant, powerful, hungry, hunger men just as much as he loves Susanna. He loves the adulterous woman and the man she was sleeping with, wherever he might be, as much as he loves the men wanting to stone and kill her. And that upsets things. That upsets people. We want him to take a side. Our side, preferably. Especially when we know we're right. Not only doesn't he do that, even worse, he holds up a mirror for every single one of us. Let the one among you without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> Whoa, we argue. Apples and oranges, Jesus. We're talking about her sin. We're talking about what they did. That's what we want to fix. That's what we want addressed. We can deal with my sins and my issues later. Well, when? When there's not a bloodthirsty crowd around us pointing out our failures? When we can appeal for understanding? When we can have a loving, forgiving, merciful judge to plead our case before, who somehow we want and expect to be above that human need for immediate satisfaction? That has to be divine. Exactly. 
which is the point. The immensity of this confrontation between human and divine justice is what we're being invited to, into as we journey into Passion Tide these, these last two weeks of Lent. And we find we're not mere observers, but we're active participants of that dramatic action that occurred thousands of years ago, but transcends time and space. It's a story that unfolds in each and every one of our lives, each and every day. It's our story. And Jesus lovingly shows us that thin, thin line with each and every one of our hearts, that razor edge that we find ourselves on far too often struggling with, being tempted between good and evil. Jesus has come not just to defeat this evil that we like to imagine as some nameless, faceless foe that's conveniently on the opposite team that me and you are on since we're presumably on Jesus' team. More urgently, Jesus is looking to defeat the evil that's within each and every one of our hearts, looking to transform those human hearts into one after his own sacred heart. It's then when we let go of that false sense of righteousness and identify ourselves as the man setting that woman up, when we see ourselves as the adulterous woman, it's then we're thankful for Jesus, our merciful judge, our loving Savior, who's always giving us another chance.